0: Welcome to Chillin' with Teddy G, an authentic Black channel empowering the Black community and capturing the modern day Black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G.
1: Starting your locker natural hair journey is oh so rewarding, but can be extremely stressful when you start to consider what products to use. If that's you, then look no further. Locklicious is a Black-owned company that has created an all-natural product line for locked and loose natural crowns. The Locklicious team works hard to ensure that their products are free of parabens, phthalates, sulfates, PEGs, synthetics, and other toxic chemicals you find in other products. Best of all, the products are lightweight and will not leave residue or cause buildup. Go to Locklicious.com to start treating your crown like royalty.
0: To all of my melanated kings and queens, my brothers and sisters in Africa, as well as my brothers and sisters in South Africa, and to my listening audience around the globe, I welcome each and every one of you back to another episode of CWTG. As y'all know, I'm Teddy G, your host on this channel, ladies and gentlemen, and you know I discuss anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosting, and definitely no mayonnaise, Y'all go ahead and run right quick and grab y'all sip your favorite cup of coffee, tea, latte, whatever it is you prefer to drink your, your cold water on this uh, uh, hot uh, um, July day. While we discuss, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, ongoing racist problem that we have in one of our major cities. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is not a new discussion to you guys, but yeah, we've got large amounts of racism in the Kansas City Police Department, right? There's no thin uh, blue line for black officers. Now, this is according to the uh, Star Investigation findings, where uh, black police officers are leaving. They're just quitting the Kansas City Police Department, ladies and gentlemen, because there's no thin blue line when it comes to them. You know which i got an issue with the thin blue line anyway ladies and gentlemen okay you know that what that means is you protect officers no matter what they do no matter what happens no matter how they uh uh break the law no matter how they uh, violate your civil rights no matter how they violate uh, a citizen's constitutional rights they're just law enforcement race soldiers so y'all already know how i feel about that when it comes to this uh, thin blue line but yet, ladies and gentlemen, in this particular discussion, uh, we have uh, block, black officers, okay, melanated individuals who are not receiving that type of uh, treatment, okay, from the Kansas City uh, Police Department. So so they're quitting, which I think they should quit anyway. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, as far as I'm concerned, it, until they defund and deconstruct the uh, empire, entire police de- department across these divided uh, snakes of America. I have no um, loyalty to uh, any police department because we know that it's structured on um, uh, historical racism. That's just a fact. And we're going to get right into this story, ladies and gentlemen, as soon as I do some housekeeping before I forget and go on my tyrant that uh, we have to keep our dirty laundry clean at the studios of chilling with Teddy G with the Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107, allowances is made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we've got this wide spread racism in uh, uh, Kansas City all right not like it's not happening uh, every other major city because we know that it definitely is but there's a particular story here that I want to get in touch with which I will be uh, uh, giving you some uh, uh, town hall meeting uh, that's coming from uh, uh, Roland Martin on uh, his show which is going to be useful in addressing this uh, uh, black and blue uh, uh, divided uh, town where it'll be discussed in this town meeting that Roland Martin will be hosting and directing. But to get back to the uh, main issue, uh, Star Investigation found discrimination. Uh, 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 racist abuse and uh, unfair discipline in the uh, Kansas City Police Department now white cops are accused of using slurs and racially profiling black members of their force of their own force which I'm not surprised and I'm surprised these officers before they became officers in uh, the Kansas City Police Department wasn't aware of this beforehand I think once they thought, ladies and gentlemen, that they were uh, issued that blue uniform, that they would become a part of this systemic racism that is happening in this uh, police department. But that found out not to be the case. They're pretty much saying, listen, I don't care about the fact that you are a a law enforcement officer. You are still a N-word and you must be treated as such. That's right. You heard me say it. I meant it, and now these uh, 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 black officers know that they meant it as well. Now, here's one particular uh, story that's coming from uh, uh, Herb uh, uh, Robinson, a black Kansas City uh, uh, detective, uh, was in uh, uh, uniform and driving an unmarked police car when two officers pulled him over. Robinson wasn't speeding he had not violated, listen, any traffic laws. Now, and the registration was up to date. He knew as soon as the uh, lights came on behind him that he was being racially profiled. Of course, this happened in every major metropolitan city all the way through the total uh, divided snakes of America. We know this. This is not news to us, right? But it goes on to say that... Uh, When the 59-year-old police veteran uh, uh, stepped out of the uh, car in his uh, blue and navy uniform, right, that a, um, listen at this, a tense exchange followed Now the two officers complaining that he uh, startled them by getting out and Robinson pointing out his rank. Okay. All of this means nothing. When when you dealing with these law enforcement race soldiers, you comply to their demands, and uh, at every whim. I don't care if you're a police officer. I don't care if you are a ranking police officer. You don't. How dare you jump out of your vehicle when we pull you over for a traffic stop? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's what's happening here. Now, according to Robertson, he said that his heart pounded with fear, that the incident was one of the uh, 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 most frightening of his career, that he said, I might have been uh, uh, taken down to the ground, I might have been shot, he said, I might have reached in my car to get my ID to prove that he was a police officer and been shot. Of course, that could have happened. Absolutely. And it's a good thing that you didn't do that because that probably would have been the outcome. Especially since you feel that you were racially profiled. Now, the officer Cole Mundir, who was uh, who is white, mind you, and uh, Marco Oliver, who is uh, Hispanic, uh, did not write him a ticket or issue a warning. The only reason they gave for stopping Robinson was that uh, his license plate. On the unmarked car did not register in their computer when they ran it. Yeah, right. That's the uh, excuse that you're giving. That's not the reason why you initially pulled him over. Now, I want you to think about this. As Robinson drove away, the uh, two officers. Uh, cursed and assaulted him behind his back, calling him a dumbass and a retard. And the uh, traffic stop captured on the uh, officer's dashboard or camera on March 11th, when this happened of last year, showed that a uh, black person in the Kansas City is not immune to police harassment. Of course they're not. Not only there, but in, in any ever in any uh, major metropolitan area either. Even if they are a, a veteran cop who, like Robinson, had taken a uh, a bullet in the line of duty, but you think that means something to these uh, uh white officers and this Hispanic officer? Absolutely not. And frankly, as far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, they were pissed off that. The person that they pulled over wasn't someone that they could harass, abuse, violate his civil rights, violate his constitutional rights. That's the reason why they was calling him these were dumbasses and retard or whatever and whatnot, because they were salty at the fact that they thought that they had somebody who that they could violate. And when they found out they didn't have somebody that they could uh, uh, violate and abuse, and who knows, possibly even killed, because we didn't seen it happen in so many other, uh, incidents that they were salty and they verbally, uh, revealed their feelings by calling him these names and these racial slurs. So you can't be on a uh, police force as long as he was and not know about, uh, Or racial profiling Or racial stop Or whatever and whatnot. This guy was aware of it That's why he was scared That's why he told you I'm shaking in my boots I don't want to make Any sudden moves I don't want to get Any IDs or anything Because I I could end up dead This is what he's telling you In his own words Even though he may use The word shot Because usually That's what happens When you get shot By a law enforcement Race soldier You usually end up dead And here's the fact that we're going to have to get out here. Now, uh, in Kansas City, ladies and gentlemen, the solidarity between the, uh, uh, you know, behind the uh, blue line uh, does not apply if you are black. A year-long investigation by the Star Fire this out, that the racism racism is is festering all through Kansas City uh, Police Department and does not spare even its own members you know i don't care if you're driving uh, many black officers to leave and they better be they better be jumping on the first thing smoking getting out of there in my personal opinion but anyway with all that being said there's more to this story ladies and gentlemen about it but i want to get these uh tidbits and these little uh nuggets and from um this town hall meeting that roland martin has put together so we're going to go to that and and get a little bit more in depth into the story but i guarantee you ladies and gentlemen there's more to this uh than meets the eye
2: it was on uh, april 18th when the kansas city star published uh, a damning story talking about Uh, how black officers uh, are treated inside of the Kansas City Police Department. But not only did that story focus on that, uh, we also talked on the show with the head of the Urban League about how African Americans uh, are being treated by this police department. So one of the things that I said was I said I will commit to coming here to hold a citywide town hall to not just talk about the problem, but also talk about what this community can do to actually change what is going on in this city, and also to reach state leaders uh, to change how they are allowing uh, the governance of this police department. It makes no sense. I've covered uh, many stores all across the country, and I can't recall anywhere else in America where a governor appoints a board that oversees a police department and the taxpayers are paying for a police department but they have no say over how they are operating so if we wanted to come here and talk about uh, this important issue uh, and with a number of people we have uh, lined up. And just so people understand uh, how significant it is, just yesterday, uh, two uh, sisters uh, filed a lawsuit against the Kansas City Board of Police Commissioners for discrimination for race and gender. Uh, in addition to that, we'll also get into how the Kansas City Police Department uh, allowed a white police officer to terrorize, brutalize, torture, rape and some say murder countless black women and nothing was ever done. So the question is, what is happening in Kansas City and why aren't more Democrats and Republicans saying anything about fixing this problem? So there's a whole lot to unpack here, folks. We're at the Robert Mohart Center uh, here in Kansas City. Uh, folks still uh, are arriving, and so we certainly be uh, appreciate all the folks who are already here. Uh, let me do this here. Let's introduce our panel. Uh, Gwendolyn Grant, she's the president and CEO of the Urban League of Greater Kansas City. Uh, Tim, is a Gredine? OK. Uh, he is the retired Kansas City Police Department police officer. Laura McDonald is executive director for more 2 And Ryan Sorrell is founder and editor of the Kansas City Defender. Uh, and this as a panelist Glenn Rice, reporter for the Kansas City Star. Uh, if Glenn is here, let me know. I've known Glenn for years uh, through the National Association of Black Journalists, and so look forward to uh, chatting uh, with him as well. So let's, let's, let's get started, because uh, for a lot of people around the country, um, they, they know what's happening in their particular uh, city. We've seen other, uh, we've seen stories done about other police departments, the Department of Justice, uh, doing patterns and practices investigation. Uh, but uh, Gwendolyn, what we talked about uh, was beyond shocking uh, with what's happening here. And I happen to also be talking, and once I, I told some fellow journalists and some others that I would be coming here, Uh, Bakari Sellers, attorney Bakari Sellers, told me about uh, this case that he is involved with, this police officer uh, who was accused of murdering 10 black women. And I've seen, and I'll read some of the depositions uh, in a little bit, uh, and it lays out how numerous people complained to this police department and literally nothing was done about this officer. Uh, So uh, just explain for the folks uh, who are watching, who are unfamiliar with how how systemic and how deep of a problem it is uh, with this police department.
1: Thank you, thank you, Roland. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on, on your show a while back and then showing up when we called. We really appreciate you and your team for that. And thank you all for joining us this evening. Uh, I believe when you're, you're talking about the officer, I believe you're referencing Officer Galupski, who is with the KCK Police Department. What, but, I mean, and that's, that's highly relevant and important because here we have in the Twin City or the bi-state area, two police departments that are problematic for our people. It's unconscionable that Officer Golubsky is still walking the streets free. It's also unconscionable that over the past, uh, in the past three years, since we started looking at the problem here in Kansas City, in 2019, KCPD has killed three unarmed black men. They're averaging, uh, you know, in 2019, they killed two. They followed in early 2020, killing Donnie Sanders. We have Narine, uh Stokes here. They killed her son back in 2017, 2013, all with impunity. We just were able to get one conviction for the officer who murdered Cameron Lamb in December of 2019. And so we are, we are a, a, a city or a community, as far as I'm concerned, under siege because we have over-policing in the black community, no redress. That's why we asked for an investigation by the Department of Justice to come in and look at patterns, patterns and practices of discrimination, both inside KCPD against black officers and in our community where they racially profile us, they uh, a- abuse our women. We have an officer on the force who threw, who slammed a nine-month pregnant woman on the ground, on her stomach and put his knee in her back. Nothing was done. I'm sorry, I kind of went on a little okay. tirade there. So let me shut up and turn it back to you, no, Roland. i was fire, just own <laughs> <fire.
0: laughs> oh my. Okay, we don't have to, you don't have to, this Roland March thing, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, going on your tirade. By all means, tell the truth, sister. Because that's what we here to uh, get down to. Now, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you hear the accusations that's going on inside of this police department with, according to them, the governor's approval. Because he has a panel that uh, uh, governs the uh, uh, police. Not the citizens, not any voting, not anything that is normal when it comes to other uh, uh, racist police departments like this one, but they seem to have a special net or globe around them that keeps them from um, any type of uh, uh, prosecution. Uh, We already know that they have disqualified immunity. But when you go through this extra step, which the governor has uh, instituted, um, you know that there's nothing going to be done about it. I mean, heck, when you go to another uh, major metropolitan area where you do have a little bit more leniency when it comes to uh, rights and, and public involvement, that there's still not much done. But the way that this is going right here, you guys are in... Uh, Hell with uh, no water. Okay? That's what I, it seems to me that's going on to this. We're going to get right back to our Roland Martin, ladies and gentlemen. But I had to tell y'all, these guys are in a particular uh, horrible, more horrible situation than it would be for uh, other major uh, metropolitan uh, police departments and justice systems. Okay? it seems like they will not get a drink of water out of these law enforcement race soldiers and their judicial system and the way that they got it set up to criminalize these uh, black communities as well as these black officers so so we're fine
1: yeah okay so that, 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 that. That just gives you an example of the challenges we have. And we have here in the audience tonight, we have family members of who are of the victims of police homicides, and we have people from our community, the founder of our urban summit. And uh, two folks who have been out in the community protesting for the past two years straight, every Friday, in front of the police department, amplifying our concerns about the the injustices that are dealt upon our community by Kansas City Police and having a board of police commissioners that turns a deaf ear to our complaints. So we're ready to engage with you. Tim, nearly
2: 20 black cops have left the department citing racism. Um, from your perspective, does this department care? Uh, Have they put anything in place uh, to listen to their concerns? I mean, that's a heck of a number for, um, you know, 18 cops to say, you know what, I'm out of here because, uh, look, we're supposed to be all blue, but in fact, we're black.
3: The sad reality is that uh, this department, just like they said, the board of police commissioners, they're complicit where they don't overlook uh, the police department and judge objectively. They're not doing what they were created to do. And so who's running the police department is middle management. And over the past five years, I've been going to board of police commissioners meetings from the first time when they hired Chief Smith. He and I went to the academy together. I approached the board and said, come talk to us as police officers. Some of these officers don't feel comfortable talking openly about their oppressors in the presence of their oppressors doesn't happen because there will be consequences about answering calls. So you have the chief up here, but the white male majority in the middle are uh, implementing their own policies, dictating policies, they benefit off of it because they're getting training and take home cars and they're using this to go somewhere else and become a chief of police and they don't care about minorities. And so we can further my conversation because I was uh, terminated and there's other officers or supervisors or commanders, white male commanders that have done far worse things and they keep their jobs. And so nothing's done. So I approached the board five years ago when they hired Chief Smith and said, come talk to us. It didn't happen. I did it when we got Mayor Lucas back in 2019. It didn't happen. I did last May when we
2: got uh, Bishop Tolbert. It didn't happen. And the people you're naming uh, are he board, is, he board of, is of, the, of, of the board.
3: Yes, these are board of commissioners. I'm coming to the board saying, come talk to us. We want to talk to you privately about things we cannot discuss in public, because I don't want the officers that I have trained and led for years to be treated badly.
2: So, so you requested for the chair of the board to have these off the record or off site conversations. And in each case they refuse to do so. Correct. No effort made.
3: None. I my last stance was on February twenty-fifth when I when they retired me. Um and I've been waiting sixty days, probably almost ninety days now, for a response because it's important that you guys know what it takes to run a police department and what we're looking for in the chief. Nothing will change. I don't care who you can get the Pope here, if the system isn't changed. Then you're gonna have the same old thing. And women, it's the same thing from the '60s. Women, unless you're connected to someone, minorities, and our civilian staff members, they don't have a voice. They're overlooked and they're taken advantage of by these, the majority, the
2: middle management, That's
3: right. commanders.
2: <laughs> Laura, what I'm not, what I'm not understanding here is um, how in the world can folks sitting out here, pay taxes for something that they literally have no control over. Correct. That, mean that like seriously, I, I, I can't think of any other place where that actually happens. Yeah. How, how, how did that happen? We have
4: as far as I know, it's not just the only police department in the nation, but the only city government department that has not governance over its own department, right? It's really unusual. There's no department in any city government that I've known of in the whole nation that's controlled by the governor Appointing a board to it and so so here in Missouri, reasonable. the
2: governor appoints and how many people are on this
4: board? Four four and I'd love to share with you their demographics the Go governor ahead. appoints four and then the fifth is occupied by the mayor And so we looked at over my organization was birthed in 2004. So we looked at that amount of history and um, 18 people have been appointed. Mr. Martin in that amount of time and 10 of them have been white males Four have been white female, three have been black male and one black men and one Latino. No women of color. No women of color in 18 years on that board. And for people who live in this community, even more egregious, 10 people 10 of those board of police commissioners have resided in the neighborhood of the plaza and brookside which we all know you may not is a very white predominantly white affluent neighborhood of our city Um, so there are entire regions of this community entirely unrepresented by whether it's a democrat or governor entirely unrepresented on that board and what i would suggest is the neighborhoods where people are protected and served by police predominantly are represented and the police, the neighborhoods where people are heavily policed are entirely unrepresented. And there's never been, there's never two black people on the board at once, except the seat occupied by the mayor and then the one appointee.
2: So, so, so the mayor is as a part of this,
4: the mayor occupies you know they get one out of five votes Right. Out. so we elect a mayor and they get one seat and then we don't elect any of the other people that occupy what
2: we cheekingly call the board of police cheerleaders so you have a so you have a, a board that is unelected unelected that has complete control over all police matters in this city
4: And appointed by a governor we don't elect, so they have no accountability to us, and quite often they're political donors. That's how they get the attention of the governor.
2: Uh, When it comes to this arrangement, um, has this mayor or previous mayors objected to this arrangement?
4: Yes, sir. What this this is a really unusual scenario when when the city relinquished control, if you will. They actually it was very short sighted. They didn't look for a way to take it back if we were ready. Right. So, so at and, one point, so the city relinquished control. The city voluntarily relinquished control in the 1930s. Yeah, but there's no act- history to that. Yeah, so after, after a corrupt scandal that was occurring, right, with a political mob boss in Kansas City. So we, we gave over control to the state, but it was so short-sighted. It requires a state law and a city ordinance to regain control. So we've been scrapping for that for years now.
2: And the state legislature has had no desire.
4: Well, Missouri state legislature can be difficult around things like policing and law enforcement. They, for sure. Yeah. There's some members that are growing, some members that are growing in interest of supporting.
2: Um, so let's talk about this, this, this current board. Um, Ryan, um, the chair board, you have a Pastor, Um, no law enforcement background, correct? Correct. Any public safety expertise? No. So how is he or any other members qualified to govern a police department with literally no expertise
5: whatsoever in doing so? I think that's a good question. And for me personally, I tend to not even look at who is governing the police department. I look at the police department as an institution. I look at it historically, what has it been doing to our community as an institution? And so when we're talking about what has the Kansas City Police Department done to the black people in Kansas City historically, the question for me is, have they ever served a purpose of justice? And so the Kansas City Police Department this year is 148 years old. And just last year was the very first time ever in our entire history, 148 year history, of the Kansas City Police Department that a police officer was ever indicted for murdering a black person. And so, to me, that seems like a police department that is, operates much more like a criminal terrorist organization, quite honestly, than it does anything that than, than it does anything that is actually uh, providing justice to our people, providing public safety for our people, and another thing that I quite frequently like to tell people is that the Kansas City Police Department receives tens of millions more dollars than every single Kansas City public school combined and so every single Kansas City public school combined receives less money than the Kansas City Police Department and so when we talk about what what is in our control what are we able to take action on what kind of initiatives are we able to uh, initiate to me I think what is in our control oftentimes is things like voting for the city budget and not voting for increasing the police budget because we know once again that the police Historically, have not kept us safe, and the, the very last thing to me that seems very illogical, oftentimes, with when we talk about the police, is that, for instance, when we're talking about nonprofits, when we're talking about new programs within nonprofits, we we always have to provide all this documentation, these statistics, this data, saying these things specifically work, these these initiatives, these programs work. But whenever we're talking about the police department, it seems like, regardless of how Horrifically, they do their job. How, no matter how many people they kill, no matter how many people they murder, we still oftentimes say, "Well, our cities are unsafe, and we need to give the police more money." And so, to me, that's what's in our control, and I think that that's often where I try to talk about the conversation.
2: Um, when we when we look at you, you, you mentioned the budget, you mentioned that. Um, what has been the response of the city council? Because he's, at the end of the day, if you control the purse strings, you actually have the power. So have they had shown any guts whatsoever to say, you know what, unless we get these changes, uh, we are going to hold back the money?
1: No, no, and no. Well, let's say, let me take it back. They got some guts last year and they passed an ordinance to only provide the uh, to hold back about 30 million dollars of that budget from the police department, which basically is to only fund the department at the level that is mandated by the state. So they did that. Then the Board of Police Commissioners filed a suit. The judge ruled in favor of the Board of Police Commissioners that they did not have the authority to withdraw that money or to hold it after the budget had been allocated. However, the judge did say that in the next budget cycle, you do have the freedom to only budget, you know, to, to provide only the mandated 25%. So our mayor and our city council didn't do that. They were given the power and the authority to do it. What they did was pass an ordinance to give them the same amount of money they've been giving them after having filed that lawsuit. We didn't understand it. We spoke up strongly against it. And then less than two weeks after they did that, the outgoing police chief said that they were not going to spend money to the, or they were going to shut down an investigative unit after the police, after the city gives them all this money and uh, with no uh, control over it, once they pass that budget and give it to the police department, I mean, they have no other say so. The only power they have is the power of the purse and they won't, they won't exercise that power.
2: Which sounds crazy to me. I mean, that, if that's, it's, it's all like when I'm looking at Congress, I mean, when Congress withholds money that's how you get folks' attention. And so, I mean, that's, to me, that's absolutely weak leadership there. Um, uh, who, who on the city council uh, is an ally? Uh, and, and first of all, how many council members are there? Uh, 12. 12. We have six districts, two uh, council members per district, so we have
1: right. 12. Uh, 12, 12 council members, one in district and one uh, at large in uh, six districts. And the mayor. The mayor is the uh, deciding vote.
2: There, so so of the twelve, uh, how many are allies in trying to seek
0: these changes, or is this go along to get along? I can answer that for you. None. Because if there was any allies or there was anyone on their side, then there would uh, this would be a different conversation.
1: That's a good question. Um, one one of our allies unfortunately couldn't be here this evening. Originally was uh, going to be here, but she's ill this evening. Councilwoman Melissa Robinson has been steadfast in support of our community and a strong voice on that council. Um, there are other council members who uh, support the effort. Actually, nine council members voted with the mayor when he withheld the funds back last year. Oh, so, so,
2: so nine council members voted to withhold the funds. Last Year. And then when they had an opportunity to actually do something, to make a difference, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. So what the hell was that for, for show? Yes.
4: Good question. All right. Go ahead. There was an insane amount of political backlash after they did that. I think the media took the narrative in a very white direction and very police-friendly direction. And at at the end of the day, they all lost their courage. I mean, that's how we see it, right? They lost. They lost the courage that they exercised for a fleeting moment, we were so excited about.
5: And if if I could just quickly add, when we talk once again just like about statistics and data, to me it's just very important when we're having this conversation because we're advocating to remove the money, this over bloated police budget that they have that certainly has not provided any justice or safety for our communities. We're advocating for reallocating that to other areas of what we call public safety. Right now, we say the police department has a monopoly on the funds that currently go to public safety when public safety should also include things like housing. It should include mental health. It should include uh, healthcare facilities. And so, another once again, we talk about data and statistics. Between the years of 2012 and 2018, we increased the Kansas City Police Department budget by 24%, and in that same period of time, the violent crime rate increased 47 percent, and so to me, that that tells us, to me, that tells us one of two things: either not only does increasing the police budget not work, but there's also a possibility that increasing the police budget actually has a positive correlation to increasing violent crime rates. And so I think that there's just a lot of issues when we talk about uh, the policing budget. I think that it's something that we have to do political education around in our communities. But I think that it's also, once again, it just requires political courage, political maturity, and voting out people who aren't in the best interest of the black community. See, what you just described is, is part of the fundamental problem that we also see across
2: the country. Uh, and the reality is this country is conditioned uh, to whatever cops want they get. And obviously people want to be safe. Uh, anytime time I even see these uh, studies, when, when people say, oh, uh, X percent of African-Americans want more police. Yeah, because they want to be safe. But they also don't want to be shot and killed. They don't want to be beaten. They don't want to be robbed. Uh, and so it, they, they use that uh, as as a blunt force against uh, folks uh, to say, well, then, of course, the whole issue with when, when they, how, how they utilize defund the police as opposed to how do you shift resources. Uh, and so you make an excellent point, as far as I'm concerned, if, because the answer is not always more money because if you got more money and crowd keeps going up what the hell are you doing uh, and so uh are you uh, so uh are, are you seeing real assessments done on how they're using the money where they're where they're deploying people anything on those lines and if not then what the hell is this board there for yes.
4: The, the board does zero monitoring of the budget. They receive a copy of it. Basically, they, they don't weigh in on the budget. The budget is made, as he said, by middle management and then up through the chief's office. It's sent over to our city hall, and generally they rubber stamp it, right? And we even have had, like this year, a state senator who doesn't live in Kansas City file File a piece of legislation to try to control 25% of our budget and have that much go to the police department of the total budget, which includes our airport costs and things like that, right? 25% of our budget, and they
2: will continue to so, do So, so a H- 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 state rep who doesn't live here filed a bill to control 25% of the city of K- Kansas City's budget.
4: Yes. And the, that much, 25% would go to our police department. He filed that bill, and it was not an unpopular bill. It didn't pass this year, praise God. But but that's because we don't have local control, they can do that. And just
2: to accept- expel- but, but, but I thought Republicans believe in local control.
4: Only for- You would think, can except when that? it comes to let, law enforcement. Let me add some
1: context to that, because that's a really great question. The, they believe in local control-
3: When they or, control.
1: When they control it, but- the, let me provide the historical context of state control of the police department. It started before 1936 uh, 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 during the pendagas corruption era. It actually began in the 1800s, pre-Civil War, because the Confederate-leaning governor at the time wanted to control the arsenal of the two largest cities where black people Uh, reside in the state, St. Louis and Kansas City. So back in the 1800s, we were under local control to protect the Confederacy. And then uh, the Supreme Court overturned it, and then it was reinstated. Uh, And then again, reinstated in 1936, and we've had it that way ever since. Most people walk around thinking that we have local control because of corruption. We have local control because the governor wants to control the two states with the highest population of black people. Nowhere else in the state of Missouri is there local control for any police jurisdiction. So we have to understand that this is steeped in systemic and structural racism and to continue to oppress our people.
2: Well, oh, and that, that point is important, which is one of the reasons why I, you know, I'm often I'm trying to remind people uh, that you still have Jim Crow policies, Jim Crow era policies that are still in effect today. So when people say, oh, that's the past, I'm like, no, that's not the past. But you still, you, you still have it. Uh, and so, um, you know, that, 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 so that, that's certainly uh, an important point there. Uh, I do, I do want to go back to it again because I look at leadership. So you've got two African Americans on the board right now. Yes. Okay. So what are they doing? And, and, are, and are they responsive to this community? Again,
3: here's the issue. You, you mentioned it earlier that these people have no police experience. So one of the things that, that bothered me tremendously was to sit out at the board meeting and listen to commanders give answers to things. So the chief is there and he has five other commanders sitting there. That blows my mind because I went to Houston. They have two deputy chiefs, and their agency is three times the size ours. Okay? okay? But they're giving the chief, up. they're giving all this information to the board. The board is naive, they're blind, they have blind. The board has no clue what the hell they're talking okay. about. So now you have these, the chief sitting there, he promoted all these people around them. Will anyone sit here and say uh, anything bad about your chief when you're sitting there? Only when he's about to leave will you say, well, you want to stand up and be seen. So one of the issues that I expressed to the board when I came out and met with them in February is that the board, but this board is useless, let's be honest, it does need to be have city control because they're too complicit and they just sign off on a rubber stamp on everything. Who's giving you the information is the police department's giving you the information. And so they're too naive to see it and they have their lawyers, everybody's have their self-interest, but the people that's being served has no voice. And that's how it is on the police department with the officers. This fraternal order for police does not support minorities, women or blacks, at all. I have too much experience in 34 years that I, I faced it on my own. Number one, it's a vicious circle. It's part of the, they use paramilitary that you can't go over someone's head. They're using an old system that, that doesn't work and it benefits them and it cripples and empowers people to be voiceless. Okay, so they make all the rules, they promote their own, they never discipline. So that's why when I'm sitting at the board meeting, these board members are asking, uh, why are there more females, why are there more black? Why, why aren't you asking them? Come and talk to us privately or without our commanders, and we'll tell you the truth. I don't show up at a door at somebody's house and ask the victim, hey, did this guy beat you? No, let's talk privately so you can tell me what's going on. And time and time again, the board is not interested in knowing the truth. So they get all this information from the police department, and so it won't change. When you have a police chief that hires his deputy chiefs, and he makes all the major, he makes all the major promotions just off of who you know. I'm the head commanders, black commanders. There was 17, 18 years that didn't get promoted because the chief has to know you. So you have to fall in line in order for the chief to do it. And he does the two major promotions that affect the whole police department, to deputy chief and also to major. These are the people making all decisions in every division Mm -hmm. station. That has to change. But you definitely have to have city control in order for someone... You're you're giving your money away, and I'm sad because my family lived here. I grew up on 20th Street. My 99-year-old aunt and 93-year-old aunt still live in the 3rd District. So I was hoping to speak to the councilwoman here. So I've taken a vested interest. So now they flip the script, and you only have to work in the city. To patrol, we go to deputy chief and also to major. These are the people making all decisions in every Mm -hmm. division station. That has to change. But you definitely have to have city control in order for someone, you're, you're giving your money away. And I'm sad because my family lived here. I grew up on 20th Street. My 99 year old aunt and 93 year old aunt still live in the third district. So I was hoping to speak to the councilwoman here. So I've taken a vested interest. So now they flip the script and you only have to work in the city to patrol. We are going backwards, we're not going ahead. Now they can work outside the city limit and come in
2: and patrol. So was that a recent
3: change?
1: Yes. yes. How uh, recent? Uh, in the last year? Uh, that same, the same state representative that Laura mentioned filed uh, legislation that would allow police officers to live outside of the city limits. And he does not live in Kansas City. He lives north uh, of Kansas City. But I I would love to have a little bit more response to you, into your question around the two people who are black folks on the board. If, we
2: Go ahead. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, again, that's I mean, look, what often happens is uh, we, we expect black folks who are representing us to say something and do something uh, and change something. So the question is simple. Right. What the hell are they
5: doing? I mean, I don't, I don't have an incredibly robust answer, I think the saying, like, all skin folk ain't folk. I think there's misleaders. I think that once again, like, we can only. I'm, I'm not going to spend, I can only talk about how I'll spend my time as an organizer, as someone who's in the community. I can talk about how people who I work with in the community spend our time, where we think that our energy can best be put towards Okay, so if there are two and black so,
2: people on the board who are not representing but just, the interests of black folks, who's moving against them? Well, that's that's
5: what I'm saying is I, where I think that my energy can best be spent is not begging and pleading for these two black people on the police board. No, no, no,
2: no. I don't say begging and pleading. I'm saying who's moving against them to take them out.
1: Well, the mayor is up for Um, re-election. The other person is appointed. When when is next election? Next year. Next year. So he's actually kind of started running now, which I think is part of the problem.
2: And and is this a dominant issue?
1: You know, uh, I think it is uh, just by virtue of the folks showing up here today and certainly been in the forefront uh, since George Floyd. uh, We've had a lot more attention on our issues. We've had a lot more um, violence against our black community by the police in the past three years. So it certainly is something that warrants a lot of attention. We also have a high rate of gun violence in our community. And we have a lot of deflecting to the gun violence without addressing the fact that the police department d- cannot solve these crimes because they have no trust in our community. There's no trust in our community to work with them to solve the crimes. and you know uh, research just pretty much proves that when a community does not trust the, the right. police department crime goes up the kansas city solve rate is extremely low So we have high rates of of, uh, non-fatal and fatal uh, gun cases. And so it's it's a major problem and it should be a problem that we look at. And as Ryan said, we have to elect the people to represent us who truly do that, irrespective of race. We have a tendency as black folk to say, "Okay, we can't hold this black mayor accountable because he's our black mayor. We need to hold any elected official accountable for not doing what is right by us, especially as it relates to public safety. And the notion that we as black people don't value our safety in our community, that we are all criminals, this whole uh, disparaging cultural deficiency concept, it's just wrong. You know, so...
0: Yes, it is wrong. Absolutely wrong.
1: The police department, at basically in my work with them, they don't see themselves as a part of the problem at all. When, when they look at violence in our community, they really believe that there's something inherently wrong or deficient about black people. And we know that that's not true. But when we look at the police violence against black people, What they want to say to us is all cops aren't bad cops. Well, all black people aren't bad uh, people and all black people aren't shooting up people. So don't try to paint us with the same stroke brush and then ask us not to paint you with the same brush
5: stroke. And 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 real quickly, I I just want to add also that to me, the question is, is this institution of policing even something that can actually be reformed? And that's, you know, a lot of people will push back on that question a lot of people will push back on that question but if we have been having this white supremacist institution that has been murdering with impunity that has been murdering people in our community for 147 years is that an institution that is likely to be able to be reformed into something that is not racist into something that is not anti-black into something that can actually create justice and so to me i, I just absolutely don't i don't think that it's possible for the police department to do that and i don't even think it's their job to be trying to create safety I think that is the job of. If we had more money to give to teachers, if we had more money to provide to schools, if we had more money to provide to mental health care, to me, that's the core issue. That's where the crime, so-called crime. I don't even like using the word crime because Black people didn't even have any say in the in what what crime actually is. Crime is just a political category. Crime is a political category that was created by white people, mostly old white people, at the beginning of the United States of America. So we can't even use this word crime because right now white people can smoke weed and it's not considered a crime it's considered something that they can just do to have fun or they can sell weed and it's considered something that they can do to be an entrepreneur but when black people do it it's considered a crime so i think we have to interrogate really what does safety actually look like how do we actually create safety and do is the police even the actual institution that's necessary in the future for us to be able to be doing those things so well
0: i'm gonna tell you this right here i agree with you you're absolutely right And the only way that you're going to fix this problem is to totally, completely dismantle Kansas City Police Department and all of the officials. And start from new. Get you a new base, get you a new foundation, get all of that rhetoric that's in there right now with this supposed uh, police council. All of that needs to be eliminated and y'all need to start new. See, now I know everybody hates to hear this, and I ain't going to say everybody, but a lot of you uh, Mazungus and uh, 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 you uh, blue uniform working individuals don't want to hear about the deconstruction of the police department or that horrible word that y'all like to hear, which is defund. But that's exactly what needs to be happening. Y'all needed to be defunded, deconstructed, and start new. Is the only way that you're going to fix this inherent, according to you guys, 146-year-old problem in Kansas City. Now, that's my personal opinion. And with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead to end this broadcast of this uh, uh, city hall addressing these uh, uh, black and blue uh, divide in the uh, uh, Kansas City Police Department. If you want to uh, hear this um, more... On this uh, episode Please go to uh, 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 Roland Martin Where he has this stream Going on for at least Two hours and uh, uh, 30 minutes or more If you want to hear this entire council meeting But I've heard enough to convince me And I've seen enough video footage To uh, uh, Alert me of the problem That's going on here And that we will not uh, Fix it uh at this point in time without dismantling that police department completely and start new i want to thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of chilling with teddy g as i tell y'all always please continue to do your social distancing please continue to wear all your safety gear your gloves your Your shoe coverings, your face masks, your face shields to help reduce the spread of this virus and any other virus out here. We're living in a new world. We're living in a new normal. There's a new normal, ladies and gentlemen, that you must adhere to to protect yourselves and your family. I bring y'all these stories. I give y'all these advice simply because I love you. Loving you guys is my food. Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of his life. And until I have the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you, peace, love, and soul.